This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you clothing for all types of weather, all types of terrain, and all kinds of budgets clothing that just works check them out at huntworthgear.com and right now they have an incredible sale going on on their cold weather gear um the hulton uh actually if you listen back to some of the older podcasts um that was the first gear that i got uh prior to even being affiliated with uh huntworth and i used it all winter long all the way till january 1st hunted in the wind um it's sherpa line and that's on sale for like i think it's like 50 percent off but then they have that hunt the rut code hnt 20 ct going on until october 29th and so you can get that jacket for about 75 bucks um i just checked the code and if you're in the in the market for cold weather gear um, definitely go over there and check that out and their packs are on sale i really like their day pack the load at the load i day pack is what i use for setting trail cameras um, doesn't have a waist belt um, so that's why i don't use it for like all of my hunting uh, but if you're looking for a lightweight really nice pack that pack's like 40 bucks with the with the code so it's really hard to beat uh, great pack for the money uh, definitely go over there and check that out. That's good. Uh, like I said, until October 29th. So you got a little bit of time going on there. Um, this podcast uh, is a recap of our Patreon hunt. Um, really excited. This is a fun one. Uh, a couple of the guys who are uh, good, big personalities, very uh, active in our Marco Polo group, um, and just incredible, incredible guys. And uh, the the Patreon hunt is something that um, everybody is is starting to look forward to every single year, and um, really glad. I mean, so I, I think I talk about it on the podcast, but we had forty guys in camp uh, that stayed, and uh, fifty come through, and uh, same as last year, killed four deer. Um, but man, it was 
it was a blast. And the weather, if you remember, the weather was terrible. Um, guys coming from all over uh, just for the camaraderie. And we talk about the camaraderie, the mental health, and all the reasons why uh, you should uh, start your own deer camp or attend one if you get the opportunity. Um, quick shout out to all of our uh, sponsors. Um, lots of uh, guys out in the woods right now, latitude guys for sure. Um, I've been using their sticks now. Um, I had seen them, you know, for a year or so, uh, but didn't really get a chance to use them using their sticks. Uh, I'm sold. They are great at the Patreon hunt in the rain. Um, I was using them definitely, uh, not as they were designed. Um, and they worked flawlessly, uh, really enjoying those. You can use our code BHC to save 15% off over there. Um, and they did have some platforms back in stock. So you can check that out. Big shot targets, shout out to Hunter and, uh, Brandon over there. You can save 10% with code BCP. Uh, obviously, the last podcast was Spartan Forge. Uh, really loving their new updates. Um, and uh, I don't know if you caught that, but their uh, price was going up. Um, so if you haven't got that and you're looking to get into Spartan Forge, go over there, check it out. I'm not sure if it's gone up yet, uh, but you can always save 20, 25% using code BOWHUNTER. Um, and then uh, getting to use a whole bunch of Genesis 3D products. They're... Um, I always want to call it the tether tamer, but I think he calls it the tether button um, is probably one of the simplest things that uh, I never knew I needed uh, until, until Austin made it. And uh, basically it holds your tether up um, from sliding down. And yes, I know you can girth hitch it, but when you girth hitch it, and especially if you have oplux or some of the smaller ropes, um, and there's any sort of weather, it gets so tight. And, uh, for me, late season hunting, um, when my hands get wet from the snow and all that stuff, and then the rope gets, uh, gets tight and tight, tight, um, getting that undone, uh, has become the second bane of my existence only to, uh, bow ropes. So, um, that tether button um, is something that you definitely should go over there and check out. Um, and as always, you know, Lucky Buck, Zinger, Kanadi, those guys, you know, we do quarterly giveaways. We don't work with any companies that don't give back. And uh, we really do appreciate um, the support from these companies. And we think that you should go support them too. Um, so check out all the information on those companies is in the show notes. But uh, this podcast, you know, and, and we had some of those guys in camp, um, you know, the Latitude guys stopped by, um, Austin stopped by. BK Outdoor stopped by, um, uh, ARD who we worked with last year, uh, Abby and Tim stopped by just, you know, just a great camp. And, um, you know, those are the kind of guys that we really enjoy working with. And this camp was awesome. You guys should start your own deer camp if you get the chance, but, uh, as always enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, Adam Mack with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Um, I've been trying to do this podcast for like two weeks, um, but these guys won't quit hunting and uh, trying to trying to coordinate. Uh, we're going to kind of recap deer camp and uh, Ernie and Frank weren't up there. It was a little bit of a different dynamic this year. Um, they had a wedding. Ernie's grandson was getting married in the middle of October like right at the beginning of our deer season, like who in the world does that? Oh wait, it was also John's anniversary and uh, he did make it up for, for Saturday, but he was there and then all of a sudden he was gone. Uh, he did work on my bow though. So that was, <laughs> that was great. I, I made use of him. He brought a new buck pole, but we'll get to that here in a moment. 
Um, so I've got two guys on here with me, both been on the podcast, um, Tim Clark and, and Brad Collings out of Tennessee. And Tim was there for like the inception of the whole idea of this Bowhunter Chronicles uh, deer camp. And then Brad, we'll get into Brad in a minute, but uh, this is Brad's first year. And uh, Brad is a very strong personality. He, uh, he, he walks the walk, but man, does this guy talk. And uh, I, I think that, that just kind of gives a testament to like the dynamics of the group and how everything uh, works. Uh, but how are, how are you fellas doing tonight? Doing great. Brad, you may talk. I, am, uh, I mean, well, look, I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, I'm great. I actually just, uh, just shot two deer. So I was a little late to uh, our meeting time, but we made it and we're good to go. So we talked about it last year um, in the recap and it, it's been, you know, through the Marco Polo group um, from last year the moment deer camp ended until the moment that it began this year, um, trying to capture that, that lightning in a bottle. So from the inception of deer camp last year was, you know, Tim, Eric and TJ came over for a, a impromptu public land Turkey hunt. We got, I mean, <laughs> You know, you you've definitely seen Eric uh, Redder on the Huntworth uh, commercial things. The the things from if it's not me, uh, generally speaking, it's going to be uh, Eric Redder on your feed right now. Uh, and I needed a medium sized guy, and we've all joked that Tim Clark isn't very big, and uh, we were literally about carried away by mosquitoes uh, on that turkey hunt. They were so terribly bad. Uh, but we saw some turkeys, had some mishaps, and just had a ton of fun and a lot of laughs. And I think it was Tim who said, we need to do this for deer camp. And we said, okay, let's do that. And do that we did. So, Tim, can you talk a little bit about like that idea of, you know, essentially, because you brought these people into your home that you've never met before, and what this weird dynamic that we've created is where, uh, random guy I talk to on my phone sometimes is going to come over or I'm going to go, he's going to meet me in a field with some guns and we're going to do this thing. Right. Yeah. It sounds really, really bad when you put it that way. <laughs> I'm going to have some friends from the internet come over and we're going to play with guns and they're going to stay in our house. And <laughs> no, it's, it's funny though. Like this group, the Patreon group and, uh, specifically like the Marco Polo guys, everybody that interacts daily, we all kind of become friends online, you know, and it's, it's really strange. Like when those guys came to Turkey hunt, you know, we were talking about it, just, you know, texting back and forth, a few phone calls and, and uh, made our schedules work. And then to get together and go just do what we love to do with some other people that, you know, we wouldn't normally get to hang out with. It was such a cool you know, experience opportunity and to have just the, you know, the four of us go over there. And I mean, we had a blast, you know, just a, a short little trip, but had a ton of fun. 
So the idea of being able to create a deer camp out of that same crew, um, you know, and expand it to the group, you know, to anybody that could come. I mean, I think the numbers of people that are, you know, coming to camp is a testament to what everybody, everybody's looking for stuff like that. You know, deer camp is a special thing, especially, you know, if you've got any sort of traditional deer camp that you've been a part of ever in your life, it's, it really is, uh, you say it like a lightning in a bottle type thing. It's a special event. It's something that comes around, you know, very infrequently. It's, you know, it's once a year, you, you might get a week at, you know, a weekend at deer camp or something. And, uh, this is just such a cool group and it's just a pile of fun. I mean, I can't think of anything else I would have rather been doing that weekend. I mean, that, that's just a, it's a special thing. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to sort of like small dose it, you know, and get the ball rolling uh, with that first turkey hunt because it really snowballed into something special. And so from your perspective, looking at it, when you, when you said, Hey, we should do this as a deer camp, like what did you, what were your expectations as far as like numbers of people? Because I can tell you, uh, last year there was roughly 25 guys this year. There was 40 guys in camp and over 50 who came through. Um, and basically of the guys that stayed in camp, only six were not Patreons though. So it was essentially like the core group and like of the people who stayed there was like, you know, my sister stayed there a day. Uh, my buddy Eric stayed there. Um, you know, my brother-in-law stayed there, which he's kind of like a mini Frank. So he's fun to have around like regardless. Um, but like, so 25 to 50 people, like when you said, Hey, we should have a deer camp. What were you thinking as far as numbers? I was not envisioning those kind of numbers. It's surprising to me. I mean, there's a lot of us from Michigan. So it doesn't surprise me that we have a whole bunch of the Michigan crew there. But what really blows me away is the distance that some guys are traveling to come to deer camp. It's awesome. I mean, we had how many different states represented? I think there was eight different states, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, because they- we're not talking guys that were just jumping across the border from Ohio or something like but it's hard for me to keep track. I mean, <laughs> you know, try and keep track. And, and that's, you know, where, again, we're going to run into like logistical difficulties. Um, but for, for you, Brad, and when I said earlier that, uh, Brad is, um, a, a, a voice, a very boisterous, uh, very opinionated type gentleman, um, Brad, I said, he, he talks the talk, he walks the walk, he's kills a lot of deer, um, and has done so already this year, but he said, well, I'm not using any of your pins. I'm not hunting with anybody. I'm going to go and figure it out on my own. I'm going to kill some Michigan deer. I got to kill these deer with all these broadheads and we'll get into that. And he's going to teach TJ how to process some deer. Now, mind you, TJ processes 2,500 deer a year uh, as a commercial deer processor. Um, And 
Brad is very active in the group. So what was your expectations versus reality, Brad? So my expectations uh, were uh, kind of skewed just based off the fact that I was in the group last year. So I got to see what happened at camp through Polo. Uh, and I, I guess I expected to show up and there was going to be some camaraderie. There was going to be some fun that, that was had, but I did not expect uh, the amount that was actually had. Um, and I also, I, I expected to see more deer. I'm not going <laughs> to, um, I know not a lot was killed last year. And, uh, but I, again, like you said, I'm, I'm pretty well full of myself. So I thought, well, those guys, I can, I can find some deer up there. I promise. Um, and then I definitely did not expect to, uh, not do a single hunt by myself. Uh, I had planned on going up there and I had planned on hunting, uh, pretty well solo. Uh, just like I do down here. And when I got there, that, that changed almost immediately. And it did not change or it did not go back to solo at all. The entire time we, uh, the three amigos were born and, uh, we lived that out and still continue to stay in that text group, uh, you know, through, through right tonight. So for, for you, what do you, you know, so from the, the camaraderie and all of that sort of stuff, and you said that you've pretty much always hunted on your own, I, I guess, A, have you ever been a part of a deer camp? And then B, like, what, how did this compare or where did it bring you back? Or where did it take you, I guess, for that allure of the deer camp that we keep talking about, right? Right. So, um. When I grew up, we would do um, the last weekend of archery season into the first week of gun season was deer camp back home. We uh, largely hunted or basically only hunted this one state park. They sold cabins, kind of like your camp. There was no running water. There was no toilets. There was no. uh, But my grandpa talked to one of the the girls at the counter. And at one year we got a key and we jimmied the lock. and. you know, we had toilets that year and we, we figured that out from that point on. But, uh, other than that, it was, it was kind of like your camp, you know, it was just family and friends. And, um, that was it. My dad, my grandpa, uh, my uncle Paul, who was my grandpa's best friend. Um, and then there would be, uh, just a random smattering of other people throughout the years that never really, there wasn't really a, a whole consistency aspect to it. Um, so yes, I was a part of that in my my super in my youth, but I uh, I think one year maybe two years out of that um, that I actually got to hunt like on my own like with my own weapon with my you know whatever and uh, so that kind of sucked and uh, you know as we as everyone got older and health issues became a thing and then me obviously joining the army and moving down to Tennessee um, that cease to continue i think they did it one or two years after i joined the army and and that was it and i've kind of wanted to get back to doing that again and i've talked with my cousins and a couple guys down here and we've brought it up my wife grew up in arizona she grew up her dad was an elk guide for a long time um so she grew up in a you know a more traditional type deer camp is the way i'll describe it where there was you know everyone was invited men women children everyone went everyone hunted everyone had a great time but it was a draw system so 
everyone entered whoever got the tags is who hunted everyone else helped you know um so i i got to see some of that and then uh pushing forward to our camp it was like it was just an experience i just was not ready for or not, not expecting i guess is the only way to describe it yeah i i, I don't know i i feel like you know i i feel like because it's so i don't know I don't want to say like, oh, it's so fun, but uh, it's just something that we're just not accustomed to doing anymore. That when you, when we shoot tack, we have uh, kind of like a deer camp in the summer. You know, we have all the the guys. Um, we don't have to necessarily get up as early, but we all tell all the same stories. We talk about deer camp. We talk about the deer. We talk about our gear. We we go through all that stuff, and then throw in the hunt of it. And then I think one of the things that gets like glossed over um, in at least this camp versus maybe some of the other ones, um, but maybe not because of what you said, you know, when you have kids involved and things like that um, is that the like new hunter aspect of it or the learning aspect of it. Um, and, and I, I know that I've, I heard you over the weekend um, say that Brad, that, you know, everybody had questions and everybody's showing each other their spots and they're saying, Hey, come hunt with me. There, there was no, there was no real, like, keep it to yourself type thing. Um, you know, you want to come hunt with me? Come on. And, and that's what I think is, is so great about it is like, maybe it's like the humanity of it, like that we're actually, you know, a shit ton of like very different walks of life people who've never really interacted or met other than, you know, over the silly device that we carry in our hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you show up and you know, people's personalities and kind of like a little bit of their background, but there isn't any like, well, we're not going to hang out with them guys. And and somebody did say it, and I've heard it from a different, um, uh, a bunch of different people is that it, was, it seemed like it was kind of clicky um, where there was guys over here and guys over there. Yeah. But I think it's just the way that kind of like the property was laid out because, I agree. you know, when you, when your campers got your back to everybody else and it's raining and you're standing underneath an awning talking, like, am I going to wander out through a downpour? And that's another thing. Like, so we had 50 people come through camp in a freaking downpour for four days. Like, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, bluebird skies. Let's go see what they're doing. Um, and, and you know, just me going off on a tangent. But, like, if this year felt more of like a a real, quote, unquote, deer camp, like an established deer camp where people just showed up. Like, so my dad showed up. My brother showed up. You know, uh, Tim Zelinka and his daughter from ARD showed up. Brian Keefe showed up uh, from BK Outdoors. This pe- people from the camp down the road came down, <laughs> hung out like, hey, let's go check out this deer camp. Um, instead of just being like a very, I don't know, like, uh, I don't want to say like personal or like close to the vest type thing. It was like, oh, hey, you know, they said swing by, so we're going to. We're going to stop on up, see how that, how this camp's doing. Um, so for you, Tim, I know that you hunt a lot with your kids and, 
you know, you've got some hunting buddies and you do some out of state trips and you've done elk hunts and stuff like that. So from a, from a deer camp aspect, like how does this like meet your like thoughts of like previous deer camp type things? Oh, it's completely different. It's, it's sort of like a deer camp on steroids. Uh, it really is. I've been a part of a lot of camps through the years that are like, you know, small family type things, or you might have like, when I was, when I was first started hunting, it was like my dad and me and one of my dad's buddies and his kid and, or a friend of his, whatever, there might be, you know, six or eight guys around. Um, and it would kind of fluctuate, you know, some, some years it'd be four of us and some years it'd be 10 of us and some, you know, but it was never like a big, big gathering, like what we've got going here. Um, and then we do our family camp every year where I get like my brother and his kids come and me and all my kids. And I'll have like a couple of my buddies will stop by. And those are usually like, the social time is very limited. You know, you'll get a couple hours in the evening where you're making food and you'll watch a hunting video, throw something on, sit around and chat, have a campfire, whatever. Um, but it's a lot lower key. And uh, I think one of the special things about like the bow hunter chronicles deer camp is that so many guys are just hanging out. So the amount of time that we spend, um, the amount of time that we spend just like hanging out at camp and laughing, telling stories, cutting it up, just having a ton of good food and, and everything. I think that's a, it's a, as big of a deal or more than the actual hunt is. Um, and I think that's kind of what sets it apart in my mind. Like, yeah, we all hunt and we all want to, um, we all want to get deer, but like there's guys that didn't even go out hunting, you know, there's guys that are there that they go, you know, a couple of times, you know, for a couple hours and, and still get the full experience of deer camp, you know? So I think there's just a, a camaraderie thing there that we're all hungry for anyways. And then we find this group of people that every day we interact and we kind of know each other in a sense, you know, so it just makes it that much easier to really enjoy camp together. And I mean, well, Brad can attest to it, I'm sure too. Like you roll into camp and it's just like, it's like we just left off last year, you know, and turned around and came that right was, back. That was like one thing that was weird to me was like, uh, when I rolled in, everyone was out. It was, I rolled in on Thursday late and everyone was out hunting. And when I walked up, uh, Josh Mapes and, uh, Chris were standing there together and it was like, I kind of like pulled into camp and you're like, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't really know who everyone is yet. I want to make sure that I'm not like at the wrong spot. Cause I'm following a GPS pin to the middle of nowhere. And, uh, I like got out and Josh was like, is that Brad? I was like, all right, well, we're here. I, I, I'm in the right spot. And, uh, I was telling my wife, it was weird that like I walked up and like the first six people I talked to, like handed me some, Oh, Hey, I got something for you. And I was like, I, it just was weird that like people we'd never met before we'd never you know other than talking to on the marco polo app just walked up and we're like hey and next thing you know we're all looking at each other's setups and talking about sticks and bows and it, and it was like 
like nothing. It, it was like we were best friends that just had never physically seen each other before. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the thing that's like the most resounding thing that I hear and like, I, I don't think even the guys that are there, like realize it. They're like, Oh my gosh, you know, thanks for putting this on. I've never been to a deer camp this big before. And like, no one has, because it's not like a thing. Like nobody's like, Hey, let's, let's, you want to know what? Let's get 50 people. It, like, you know, as public land hunters, we're like, we got to get away from guys. There's always these, these yokels that are just killing every little oh. thing. <laughs> That, that's for the polo guys. There's, there's these guys that are just, you know, there's, they're sitting, you know, 30 feet apart, you know, three guys within 30 feet, you know, they're parked at every trailhead, you know, we got to get away from these guys. So no one says like, let's flood an area with as many guys as we can possibly get. And we won't really coordinate that well. So we're stepping on each other. Uh, and it's just like, Oh, you, that was your truck. Like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, no big deal. Um, yeah. Nobody's ever been to a deer camp like, like that, uh, at least not that I, that I know of. And I'm sure like in the UP or in Wisconsin PA, you know, there's, there's, you know, these legacy camps that have been doing it forever, probably even Florida, like from what I hear from Walt, but that's, you know, like you said, Tim, like the hunting, is like you can hunt as little or as much as you want. You can be as serious as you want. I mean, Jason Nichols pulled his trail camera and there was six or eight different big, well, six or eight different bucks on there. And there was like one or two really good ones. So the bucks that I had on camera were different bucks and there was three bucks over a hundred inches. So if you really wanted to like get into the weeds and go hunt and hunt hard, um, you could do that. But if you wanted to just get on a deer and kill a deer, I mean, we, we have to go through like some of the, the happenings at camp. Right. But so Tyler shoots those two deer and, you know, kind of like what Joe did last year. These weren't like big does by any stretch of the imagination. They did break the buck pole, um, which I mean, you can't make it up. Like we all knew it was going to break, but it was like just the manner, everybody standing around trying to get those deer up there. Uh, just freaking awesome. Right. But Tyler's like, you know, I haven't shot a deer with my bow or I haven't shot a deer with this bow and I haven't shot a deer with my bow in a long time. And you know, he shoots a couple does and it's like, now the fun really begins. Cause now we can do whatever we want, you know, in, Last year, for me, there was so much like tension because I was like, oh, man, all these people came from so far. Nobody killed anything and everything happened like the last day. Well, this happened on the first real day of of hunting. So it was like <laughs> the monkeys off our back. Like we killed deer at our camp. Like woohoo! everybody's, you know, and I think I think that kind of set the tone for like, you know, do we really got to go out and hunt really hard in this rainstorm? Like. No, no, no. They killed some deer. You know, it, we were, we were successful as a group. Right. Um, but Brad, you need to tell the story. So, uh, one of the guys that came through was, uh, Austin from Genesis 3d printing. And, uh, it turns out like, I don't think Austin hunts a whole lot of public land. Um, I think he's a busy guy and he's got access to some really good property. I know he does hunt public land, but I don't know that he ventures out onto new public. 
Um, so I'm going to kind of let Brad take it from here because he was there for the, I think, the initial telling of the story and then the kind of like the ending of the story. Yeah. Uh, I think before we get too deep into that part, we need to introduce the three amigos, right? <laughs> so myself, uh, Robbie, and uh, Tyler all ended up like spending every waking moment of camp together. We were the only moment and sleeping. Yeah. We're (laughs) even in the same trailer. Uh, we were the only three dudes besides Austin when Austin showed up, but we, we were the only three dudes that showed up to a Huntworth camp in Osseo gear. Uh, you know, so we were immediately, you could pick out the outcasts and then, uh, you know, we, we just like it from, from polos and, and texts and other things, we, we developed a friendship, but like, I didn't realize it was going to be that kind of, uh, like a coercive friendship until we got there. And then all of a sudden, like, like you said, there was little clicks, but then there was like the three amigos. Like we just stood alone on our own Island and we hung out with everybody. Um, so Austin rolls into camp. He apparently he had got some pins from somebody who had hunted in that area uh previously and i'd been on the phone with him and and hope most of the way up talking to them just like originally i was going to stop and hang out with them but i was like man i'm gonna get there in daylight i'd much rather get there in daylight than dark like whatever um so austin rolls into camp he goes to uh, hunts the first morning i believe he was there and then he goes and scouts the uh that like late morning trying to find a spot for that afternoon and he rolls up on this spot with like apples everywhere and and you know, apples seemed to be the the thing we were all focused on, you know, as it all was ending. We we figured out that's where we spent most of our time. And uh, Austin finds this old like apple orchard. He found a back way into it, uh, found a spot where there was good sign. And he is he's trolling his way back down the 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 trail, you know, the main trailhead that cuts through the little piece of property that he's on. And I guess this this guy came up and he had like a uh, like an old wooden stand. He said it was like a big, big, like two foot platform and it had like a wooden seat on it. And he had it on his back. And the guy was like, what are you doing here? And Austin's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm scouting. And the guy was like, yeah, well, uh, we we treat this area like, uh, you know, it's it's private land. He said there's like eight guys that are going to be here tonight. Don't come back. And Austin's like, oh, uh, and. Up until camp, obviously, we didn't know. Austin's very non-confrontational, right? I, I didn't know him enough to know that. So he was just like, yeah, man, no, that's that's cool. Uh, and the guy was like, yeah. Uh, he said there's a lot of uh, – the guy told him there's a lot of bad people in this area, and they'll steal your truck. They'll slash your tires. They'll, they'll uh, you know, break your windows, stuff like that. He said, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't come back here. He said, tonight there will be eight guys in this spot. Don't come back. And Austin's like, well, uh, thanks, man. He's like, is it, he said, I, I got a question, though. He said, why are you here if it's such a rough area? The guy said, oh, because I'm one of those people, right? So Austin tells this story at camp. And by this point, the three amigos have have uh, created this camaraderie. We're, we're ride or die at this point, right? And uh, we're like, let's go. Let's go find this dude. We get, we gotta go find this guy. Let's, let's go beat the crap out of him. Like, that's it. We're going to go take this guy out. And, uh, there's five or six or seven or eight of us who we're all eating, you know, lunch. And, uh, we've decided we're going to go flood this apple orchard with, you know, an equal amount of guys. Let's take eight, 10, 20 of us. Like there's 50 guys here. Let's, let's just go post up in every tree. Like who cares about deer hunting? Let's go find this guy. And then we'll, so, uh, 
we finally find we're we're trying to figure out where we're going for the evening. After everyone's trickling off, trickling off, and then it's like uh, Austin and a couple guys are standing there, and I walked up and I said, "Are we going or what?" And he's like, "I don't want to go alone." And I was like, "All right, let's go. You you got me, Robbie, Tyler. We're gonna go. Like we're we're gonna take care of this guy for you." And uh, me being five foot six and uh, you know this big around, I obviously was gonna let Tyler take care of everything, uh, and I was just gonna run my mouth because I'm really good at that. So. <laughs> We're following Austin out to the spot, and uh, as we like crest this hill, Austin like pulls over. I'm like, okay, we're we're getting closer. So there's a truck up there, and uh, so we pull up next to. The, now let me back up. Now Tyler, the whole way out there, keeps saying, "Don't judge me," but when we get service, I got to play my fight song. And I'm like, what What is my fight song? He's like, just just don't judge me. So. We get just about to where Austin pulls over and this Nickelback song comes on. <laughs> and uh, so now Tyler is on the steering wheel, right? And he is like jamming, just getting it. Like he is about to go. He's ready, right? And uh, we pull up to Austin and he's like, yeah, he's like, there's a blue truck up there. He's like, if that's a blue Chevy, it's him. And Tyler's like, let's go find out and just pins it. And I mean, Nickelback is loud as it'll go. The three of us are like ready to fight this dude all because Austin, you know, he, he treated Austin bad and he's one of our people. So like we got to go, you know, show force, roll up on this guy. So as we're getting closer, there's two dudes you can see on the back of this truck. And I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. And as we like get real, we, I mean, and we're flying, <laughs> we're hauling down this road. We pull up on this dude and it's, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. I was like, that's. Two kids, Tyler. And he like whoo, scooted past them and pulled over, right? So I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, well, so uh, I jump out of the truck like a crackhead. And I start peeling milkweed out of this ditch, right? Because that was there's, there's like no milkweed down here. And I, I need milkweed. And I found the mecca of milkweed in this ditch. So I'm sure these these kids are watching us. They're 18 to 20, you know, I assume to be. Um they're watching me jump out of this truck like a crazy person. If we just rolled up on them, like we're going to, you know, whatever. And uh, I start peeling milkweed out of this ditch. And then I realize that we look insane. Three dudes just jumped out of this truck, like nickelbacks flying out of the windows. And these two kids are just standing there like, uh, so I'm like, well, I want to go talk to them, like, and figure out where they're going. They were here first. Like, let's do the cordial thing. So me and Robbie, uh, Austin and Tyler start talking about where Austin was going to set up and where the sign was and stuff. So me and Robbie go walking up to this, this truck. Well, it's like a good 40 or 50 yard, you know, walk at this point. And unbeknownst to us, as we get within 10, 15 yards of these guys, uh, Robbie and Austin are now running behind us, like, like running behind us to catch up to see what we're doing. So uh we get up to these kids and i'm like hey man what's going on you know it's like hey you know we thought you were someone else uh you know we're trying not to ruin your hunt where are you guys going and then i hear like the footprints behind me and the one kid's got got his saddle and he's like holding both ends of his buckle like he's about to buckle his belt together and he's just standing there and like tyler and austin walk up and they're like hey what's going on man we're just trying to like same thing you know and uh so we end up talking to these kids for just a minute. They're they're gonna go hunt this spot, whatever. And the one the one kid's got his, like I said, he's got a saddle. And he's like, Well, I will be saddle hunting. So uh I'm gonna need to find me a big tree. He's gonna go sit on the ground on the backside. And we're like, Oh, oh okay. 
He's like, yeah, you know, saddle is one of these things. And I was like, if you only knew the four people you were talking to, like one of them owns a 3D printing business for probably two or the three things you've got on your belt of your saddle right now. Uh, you know, and then those of us up there with the Bowhunter Chronicles. So long and short of it, we were willing to go to blows to protect one of our own. And luckily, uh, we did not have to come to that point. But uh, I feel like we would have rallied bail, bail money at camp and, you know, me and Robbie would have drove out to get Tyler out of jail because I don't think either of us were really ready to do uh, what what was needed to be done. But Tyler and Nickelback, they were prepared for the situation. <laughs> and I can't. It's a really tough um, thing, right? Because you can't be like, well, I condone that. Like, but like you said, like sticking up for your buddies and like, like. Uh, you 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 can't be like just threatening people uh on public land cuz it's your land but um you know <laughs> rolling up with a <laughs> you know a, a few guys and saying you know well we're going to hunt here too now maybe if it was something other than nickelback i could be like okay i'll give you a pass <laughs> but just, look at this photograph like, I, don't it was, uh, I think it was burn it down i was trying to remember as i was telling the story exactly which song but we had a very good time making fun of him for the rest of camp about which nickelback song he rolled up with oh uh, but that's the thing is like you had interactions with austin but nobody else had met austin you i mean you know it wasn't like <laughs> Robbie and Tyler were tight with them. Um, and right in the whole, the whole thing. And, and I remember you saying at one point, like, are we really doing this? Like, cause you were like, you know, you were like, Oh, it's all fun and games until Nickelback comes on. Then it's like, Oh, okay. Like I was in the back seat, like, Oh crap. Like I, I feel like I got in over my head at one point and, uh, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And, uh, I mean, like you were you were in the military, so like you know that the the random squad of dudes goes out and one dude gets in a fight, and now all of you are in a fight, and you don't know how it happened, but it just happened. And uh, I felt like that was that was where we were headed. Well, and it, it's funny that you say that because you and I kind of talked like that, uh, talked about that a little bit, and um, you know, you with you know being a veteran and um, also like being an EMT and all that stuff, like for like this type of environment for like mental health, like for like a reset. Cause you, you were saying like how, you know, you told your wife, you're like, I didn't realize how much I like really needed this. And I was like, yeah, you, it was probably kind of like, you felt like you were back in the fleet and you're like, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. And that was in like, uh, I met Jack, uh, and we, he's a nurse, a nurse as, as they <laughs> what's started. A, what's a nurse? <laughs> making what's a fun of uh, so they, uh, you know, and I, I talked to Chris a little bit and, and whatever about his brother, he's a veteran, he's a nurse, whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess he, he has some PTSD stuff he, he works on. He doesn't like crowds and stuff like that. I guess Chris last year, I believe drug him up there and like made him be a part of it. So obviously the, the military guys kind of gravitated towards each other, you know, once beer started getting drunk and whatever. And we start telling stories about things we've seen and done and whatever. And, uh, me and Jack and, 
and I, I believe it was after Kyle killed his buck. I don't know. We were, I remember standing. I guess it was when we were building the second buck pole. Uh, we talked about uh, male appendages for quite a good long time and the different encounters we've had with those over the years. And uh, since then, right, like, again, it never had even I don't think Jack was maybe on the polo once or twice talking about what he was going to bring or, or stuff like that. Uh, since then, me and Jack have talked a bunch. Uh, so it's just like, uh, you know, I, I found that lost boy in the woods. Right. And and now I'm, I'm a lost boy in the woods, too. And now we have this common like, uh, you know, ground where, where we both didn't realize. And like you said, I, I texted my wife. There was no service most of the time. I bought a little uh, a little satellite communicator because everyone told me service was so bad and I'm diabetic and I didn't want to be lost in the woods and like no blood sugar because, again, I thought I was going to be by myself. But I get out on the, the road and I, I remember one night I text my wife. She said, how's it going? And I said, it's it's amazing. It's the only way I can describe it is it's amazing. And I said, I just did not realize how much I needed this just mental health wise where there was no kids. There was no uh you know i didn't have to worry about bills i didn't have to worry about nothing like it didn't you know it cost me gas to get up there i wasn't eating lunch every day i wasn't eating dinner every night like it was just just completely my brain was wiped and i was able to just talk about deer hunting constantly and if i could find somebody down here where i could just do that with it would be great but i don't have that so being able to just uh just step back from everything and just let it happen. Uh, you know, unfortunately you were in charge, so you, I'm sure you had a little bit of feeling of responsibility, but like, I just was there to have a good time. If I wanted to stay up till 3 AM, uh, you know, with everybody hanging out around this little picnic table under a canopy, cause it's pouring rain. Um, that's what I did. And then we woke up at five to go hunting and it was terrible. And I felt like a old man again, but you know, it, uh, it was just great. It was just, complete release of everything and i i cannot wait to go next year like i wish it was tomorrow we were getting ready to start over again yeah and that for me the, like the sense of responsibility is like i don't want anybody to like have a bad time like i and like i've said mm -hmm. like i'm not a guide i'm not i'm i'm just providing like a a spot on the earth to plug in your camper and unplug your mind i guess but it's like you guys are staying up drinking like I got to make sure nothing goes too sideways and it's my guys that get sideways. Right. But then you guys get up to go hunting and I'm still up. Like make sure you got a place to go. You got everything you need, <laughs> you know, and then guys are up for breakfast. I got to get up for breakfast make sure everybody's, you know, having a, having a good time. Don't need anything. That's a, so, was it Friday? Friday yeah. Friday night. night yeah. We, we, uh, we set up a little late Friday night and, uh, I, I got up at, we went to bed at, Eric, I remember Eric came out to go hunting and he came over, he thought we were drinking coffee, standing around the pick table and realized we were still drinking from the night before. And, uh, he was like, uh, you know, he, I was, I, I'd fallen asleep, what, twice standing up and somebody wouldn't let me go to bed. I'm not going to point fingers, but, uh. He may own a podcast or run a podcast. Uh, so we went to bed. At, I think it was like four thirty-five in the morning. I woke up at nine, and Adam was already had like had breakfast with everybody, made sure they all got off the hunt, and went to sleep for twelve minutes, and then woke back up. And he came out, and he's like, "What took you guys so long? Why are you?" I was like, "I don't know how Adam 
Adams like on meth or something. I don't. It's the only way I can describe it. He was just he never slept. He hunted, and he had a, made sure everyone had a great time. Yeah, I made sure Tim got off that he had you know that he had a plan, and uh, yep. then once everybody was gone, everybody that was going to hunt had already left and hunted. And I did, I had a cup of coffee with Tim and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go to bed then. And then when everybody started getting up, it was like, oh, well, I, I guess I should get up. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like that's the, uh, sometimes it's like the burden that we bear if you want to like do these things. And I, I'm not talking about like, uh, any of that, like as like a, a burden, like, Oh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. But like, you know, as, as parents, as husbands and, you know, all of these things. And and if you want to like really hunt and really do this, like, you know, you'll take your kids out for trick or treating and go through all of that, put them to bed and drive three States away and get up and hunt the next morning, because this is what we do. It's why guys will drive from, Texas, Rhode Island, Tennessee, you know, Iowa, um, New York to come and, and hang out with their buddies that they don't really know, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's because it's because of it, it's really what we do. And I think the guys that, that we're talking about here are, are just that passionate about it. And, you know, you do it. If, if I came down and you, we did this in Tennessee, like you wouldn't be like, screw you guys. I got to go to bed. Like, You'd be like, okay, well, I got to make sure that everybody's cool. Every, I mean, and that, and Brad, I think that the, that's like part of the military thing too. Like if it's like your shift, like you got to do it, like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have a choice. So I don't know. That was like the, the doc aspect of military was, for me was like, I always made sure that my guys were, even though I wasn't, you know, an NCO or wasn't in charge, but like, I always made sure my guys had what they needed. And then it was okay for me to like need something. And I feel like that's how you kind of acted was like, uh, you know, you were dad, you made sure we got, uh, we got up, we did our things, we had what we needed. And then, uh, you got to have a little fun on the back end. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, the, the, the saying is right. And especially like with, with the Marines and I've read a couple books and, it always references it, but it's that leaders eat last, right? So it's always the NCOs or the people that are in charge are always making sure that everyone has like what they need before they do what they got to do. And like, that's, I, I, I can't like say it enough with like my, like doing this podcast and everything. Like I did this stuff before. So it wasn't like, this isn't like a new thing, like, oh, you know, now I've got a podcast and so now I have to hunt or like now I have to like use all this gear, buy all this stuff. Like now it just happens to be that I have more stuff than anybody can ever dream of having. So it's like, oh, you showed up at camp and you wanted to try this or you don't have that or you need something. It's like, well, I have 12 of everything. So what would you like to try? What do you need? What did you forget? Like, what do you want to see? Um, because that's one of the benefits of like having that many people in camp. Like we didn't do it because we maybe stayed up too late and had too much to drink, but like Tim Clark had like deer camp cribs. He has this like giant freaking 
like kind of like a screen tent room, but it had in like all these totes, it had an e-bike. It had a freaking full shoulder mount on a pedestal. Um, it had like fans going to like dry your gear. Um, it was like something out of a movie or like out of like a photo shoot where you'd be like, there's no way that anybody would bring that to, to deer camp. Right. I mean, there was so, so much gear, so many like questions, so many solutions to problems you didn't know you had. Um, and that's one of the greatest things about having like a, the amount of people that we had there, but B like the level of hunters and like guys that are really, really into it. Right. Like, so I I mean, when I was talking to, um, and Tim and I talked about this uh, ahead of time, but like going to Kansas, like, um, the one guy that was there was talking about Kansas and he's like, yeah, that public, you know, you, you'd probably be better knocking on doors because some of that public, you know, you have to go in there and, you know, there's just one good spot on the property and you got to walk like a half a mile. And it's like, well, I got 14 minutes of sleep today and I've walked four miles today already for no reason in the rain. Um, like that half a mile is, you know, just a, just a warm up for, for a lot of guys, you know? So I don't know, Tim, what were some of the other, uh, memorable things from, uh, from camp? Well, I think this year we really knocked it out of the park with the food. Um, that was really, it's, it's pretty special. I mean, you get that many mouths to feed, uh, the amount of guys that are willing to just step up and, and bring some stuff, you know, kind of mass quantities of, you know, sloppy joes and chili and, you know, all the, the stuff that you can feed a lot of people, but, but it was good. I mean, uh, Cause I think there's something to be said for, you know, spending time together and sharing meals. Like that's, that's really just one of those. It's a, it's always good, you know? And uh, so that one, that part of it was great. Uh, I feel like it was really good for us to, to get the deer that we did early on um, and kind of, go through the breaking the buck pole and rebuilding the buck pole and all that stuff. And then still being able to, to have fun with that afterwards. Cause like last year it was fun, you know, putting all those deer on the pole, but it was the last night and, you know, you didn't get the celebration the next day and all that stuff, which was, so it was just pretty cool to, to really stretch it out through the whole weekend. Um, the other thing that really stands out is, we had a lot of guys that wanted to come early and stay late. You know, like guys rolled in on Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, even um, where last year, I think it was like Thursday, Friday, Thursday was the early day. Right. And uh, most guys were rolling in on Friday this year. It was a day or two earlier. And I mean, what are we going to do when it's more than that? <laughs> right. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't know how to, and we said it last year. It's like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Um, and I don't know um, because the, the, the numbers doubled. Uh, the logistics were, it was almost set up better this year um, from a, 
like where everybody was at and staying and how that worked. Um, and it didn't really change the dynamic at all. Uh, and it was like the worst weather known to man. And the, there was no acorns. There was no deer. So there was uh, torrential downpours, uh, no ra- uh, no deer, and uh, no acorns. Like if you saw deer, like you really had to work for it. There wasn't like just, oh, we seen him cross the road here. So we're going to go set up. Um, and it didn't change anything. It, it changed. No, nothing. it was still awesome. Still awesome. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you get guys that are like Michael drove here from Texas. I mean, the commitment to, to make that drive, you know, and he goes home empty handed as far as no deer, but has a great time, you know, like everybody that, that made these big, long trips. And even those of us, you know, staying, you know, that aren't a couple hours away from home. The amount of just the the willingness that we all have to go and I wouldn't say endure because it's not like it, it was a hard thing to do. But like, you know, we're in the rain and, you know, facilities aren't great. None of us showered for like four or five days. Like, you know, bunch of stinky guys, you know, hanging out, having fun. Like, and we'd all turn around and do it again this weekend. You know, there's, there's something special about it. I don't know what it is, but, uh, it, it is something to like, to think about the future of it. How do you, you know, what kind of parameters need to be put on it? What kind of, you know, is there a cap? Do we need to, you know, figure out a a different location? Uh, whatever it is, you know, as long as it's equitable for everyone, you know, like I, I think it's too good to, to, you know, put too much limitation on it. Cause it's just the, the amount of, uh, I, I think Brad, you, you make a really good point with the, the amount of us that are, that feel like, wow, I really needed that. You know, like just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great weekend away without, uh, you know, any obligations, without any, uh, you know, any responsibilities, we can just kind of do our thing and, and hunt a whole bunch and hang out with cool people. And I think it's, it's a special thing. You know, I've got a couple other deer camps that I'm a part of that, you know, they're great, but this one is, uh, I don't know. It's a different caliber. I think it's largely because we do interact so much, um, you know, in our day-to-day lives. I mean, how many of us, you know, in the morning as we're, you know, hopping in our vehicle and heading for work are catching up on polos or, you know, chatting with each other on that and same thing on our way home. And I mean, we spend a lot of time online together, so. I think that just kind of fuels it. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be said about that that polo group too. Like you were just talking, we don't just talk about deer hunting constantly. Uh, you know, if I'm having a bad day at work, I get on there and say, "Hey guys, I, I saw this or that today," and you guys all build us up, or you know, somebody's uh, bringing back to deer hunting. Somebody's having a, a rough time in the woods. Uh, you know, we all are are for the most part, fairly positive and, you know, stay the course and, and whatever. And, and, and there's a, a certain amount of, um, I don't even know what to call it, like a respect in that group that just, uh, you know, we all, I take a lot of shots and I get a lot of shots 
put at me because I, I put myself out there for that. But when push comes to shove, if I'm having a rough day and I say, Hey guys, I'm having a rough day, all that stops. And it is, it is, uh, there's just a, a level of, of camaraderie there that just, the only other place I've ever experienced, it was the military. And, um, you know, just the, the fact that we can get on, you know, like yesterday, I don't even remember what we were talking about where Tom's electric, whatever fiasco he's dealing with. Uh, and I was like, you guys remember when we were talking about deer hunting on this group instead of, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, problems or whatever, but like it, it just, uh, you know, it, it, in the, the amount in, in that quick, we switched into, I don't remember who was hunting last night, but we switched into that and talking about through different things and, um, you know, new people come in from different, like, like Todd in Georgia, you know, he shot that deer and we talked through different things with him about blood trailing and where he should set up on his property, how to set up things. And then next thing you know, we're talking to Tom in Montana about, you know, elk hunting. And then we're talking to, you know, Alex and Alex in Kansas and Iowa. And it's, it's just crazy that that, that large group of people can get together in one spot. And there was no blowups. There was no rifts. There was no, it's, it's just wild to me. Well, and that, that's kind of like what I was going to say is I think m- maybe one of the things that also like adds to it. And I, I, I was going to say, like, if you are listening to this and you're like, well, I don't want to go to a camp with 50 guys like that's that's insane. Um, like, I don't blame you, but I would say, like, think about starting your own deer camp or like getting your your own group of guys to go out and just camp and hang out. But I think one thing that like we've kind of like glossed over on the whole thing is that there's no expectation of like, like from, from the onset last year was like, look, there's going to be guys that kill deer at, at will. Um, there's going to be guys that, you know, are good hunters that have like these expectations that are going to, uh, you know, maybe not shoot some deer that some other guys would, but there's no like deer shaming at all. It's like you bring home a pup and we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome because it's more about just being together and like, kind of like what you said, like, you know, building each other up and like kind of letting everything go with just like, you know, relaxing, just being out in the woods. Like there's no need for, you know, it is the, it is the, you know, if, if you pulled the trigger, then you, you're happy with it. And we're all like, if you're happy with it, we're happy with it. Like, that's freaking awesome. You know, we didn't, we didn't go to camp to, to not kill deer. Right. So, you know, and then it's like, well, you want to come with me? Cause I found some deer yesterday. Like who, who wants to kill some deer this size, <laughs> you know, come on, come on with you. And I think that that's one of the things too, is that like, it isn't like, oh, I only seen like a a basket aid and like I had to pass this little seven point like when you're in Ohio or when you're hunting out of state, like when you're doing these things and there's, you know, a different level of expectation, you know, you're, you're hunting the rut and you're saying, okay, well, I got these, you know, 17 bucks on camera, Fred and Ed and Ned and, and like, you know, dagger and you know, old splits, he's going to come by. Like, no, this is like, we just wandered into a spot, like saw a deer and I killed him. Cause I thought, I thought you guys would be happy and like, well, yeah, we're happy. And I think that that, 
like level of I don't know good old boy deer hunting is something that like doesn't fly on social media, but in real life, you know, is there's a there's there's a lot more attaboys in real life than there is on social media because everybody doesn't have to be you know the best. So if you're gonna if you're gonna come and hunt with the world's worst bow hunter, like you better you you better be shooting stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, you better put a hundred pounds up on the pole <laughs> in two different gear. <laughs> yeah, I think to go along with that too is you know not only do we not care what anybody shoots, we're just out there to have fun. But the other part of it is we have a lot of our crew that have limited experience hunting. And then a fair number of us that have quite a bit of experience and to be able to rub shoulders with guys that you can ask questions to, and you can pull up your maps and say, Hey, look at what I found here. What would you do here? What would you do there? And you can actually go places together. You know, how many of us hopped in a truck with somebody and went three miles down the road and popped in and walked to Oak Ridge, you know, like that stuff's going on constantly at camp like that. So it, it gives the opportunity to more than just ask a question on a group on the phone or on a Facebook group or something. You can actually like, you can dive deep if you want to. And guys did. I mean, I don't know how much you guys experienced to that, but you know, there's a fair bit of time where we're standing underneath the awning, dodging raindrops, looking at maps and asking questions and talking stuff over with guys that have little experience or, or have the experience, but aren't confident in it. And, uh, you know, to be able to just build that up and say, yeah, you're, you're onto something. Follow up on that. Go hunt that orchard, you know, bring back the only buck from camp, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. Like that's pretty cool. At one point there was like, I think six or seven of us standing around one tree with, uh, like two or three stands, two or three different types of sticks, all looking at different attachment methods. And it was just like, you had, you know, uh, guys that had never seen a USA and guys like Tyler who hang out with Sam and get the best, the newest, the, the greatest stuff when it comes out. Cause it's just convenience. Uh, it was just crazy to watch six or seven of us pick through something together um, without, you know, like how, how could we make this better? How could we, and, and then, like you said, like going through property, I I've never had that experience where I had a, somebody with me other than my dad or my grandpa. And, you know, I, I learned from them and that's it. And, but to see, uh, you know, Robbie and Tyler go out and look at the same things I'm looking at on a map or look at, uh, you know, we ran through some row pines after we found some scrapes on the ground. And we just both, uh, you know, we, we all took off in kind of a different direction and all ended up at the same oak tree. And it was kind of crazy that like, even though we all saw different things initially, we all came to the same conclusion at the end that like, all right, this wasn't a viable spot. Let's move on. And, uh, it just, I, I wish I had done a little bit more of that. If, if there's anything I can say that I, I regret, it would be not going with you or TJ or Adam or, or, you know, somebody else, I, I hung out my little click and, uh, that's, that's what we did. And I, I much like next year, my plan is to spread the wealth of Brad. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to, I'm going to hunt with as, as many different sets, as many people as possible, I think is next year, my plan. Well, <laughs> the, the polo, <laughs> uh, or, uh, like the video or whatever that Tyler put out, I think with 
the three of you, like literally two trees apart was hilarious. And the fact that that was like, like if I was your wife, I would be like, you are an idiot because you drove all that way to, you know, you know, be able to pass your quiver back and forth between Robbie and Tyler. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to be a kid again and, you know, go hang out with your buddies, like literally. <laughs> and that was it. We had that first morning, we had so much fun. And like Tyler hit me in the face with a branch. Uh, and, you know, normal me, I would have absolutely flown off the handle. Like if my wife would have dropped a branch and hit me in the face, I'd have like dropped stuff. I'd have been cussing. I'd have, and I just like ate a branch to the face and Robbie absolutely died it, it is six in the morning gray light we're walking on the edge of a cornfield and robbie cut up so hard that I, I think we laughed for a good four or five minutes just standing there on the edge of this woods and i was like this is that was my first morning experience like i knew it was going to be something different from that point on uh well you know i just got to thank you know both of you guys right so you know brad for for all the talking that you do and all that stuff like it was really, you know, fun, a, very, a pleasure to have you in camp. And I think, you know, I think everybody would uh, agree, uh, even even those that you've uh, maybe had or taken issue with in the past. And then, Tim, as always, you know, uh, you bring all the stuff, right? So you've got the camper, you got the the deer camp cribs. This year you brought your uh, Blackstone and in your coffee pot. So, you know, th- those are necessities. Uh, they are. And, uh, you know, for me, it makes it a lot easier when, you know, everybody gets along and we have all the things that, that we need. And I think, um, I think we're, we're doing a good job at that. So, uh, we got to keep that up, but I got, like I said, I just got to thank you guys. So, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And I, I really look forward to our deer camp, um, uh, the experience and, and also like being able to share it with other people. I mean, so like I said, for, for you guys that are listening out there that are like, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. You know, these guys, they seem to have their own thing, like whatever. Um, this is not a come to my deer camp, uh, podcast, which, you know, for the Patreons, like it's, it's my way of giving back and saying, Hey, you know, I want to, share everything you know that i get with you guys but we don't get and especially like for as much fun as we have at tack and you know some of the the other things that we do when we go out uh, to these shows and stuff um it's just another opportunity to get together and and you know lord knows we don't have enough opportunities to really you know spend time and especially like this like long form time but I would encourage you to to hear this and say, maybe I want to do a deer camp with my buddies or, you know, there's a guy that work that, you know, wants to learn how to hunt. Maybe I should, or he's, he's trying and I've been trying to help him. Maybe we'll just get together and go pick a weekend or something and, and get together and bring some of my buddies and, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of it because honestly there's, Sometimes, in, uh, especially with rifle camps, like sometimes like a negative connotation, like, oh, you're just drinking and you're just carrying on. But there's a lot more to it than that. And I hope that, you know, you guys listening kind of can get that from 
from what we're talking about today and uh, kind of kind of apply that to your own lives and say, okay, well, maybe maybe this is something that we need to uh, to look into to bring back. There's a reason that there used to be deer camps, and I think the like I say the internet, social media for everything that it's done well, it's obviously brought all of us together. Um, but there's also so much negative that you don't get uh, by sharing this kind of stuff in person. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, do you guys have any takeaways before we close this out? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say thanks to you, Adam, uh, for being such a gracious host. I mean, to, to go to the links that you have, uh, you know, getting more property available, you know, reaching out to your neighbors and, and being able to put this on, like, that's no small task. Um, and it's definitely, you know, it, it takes some, some work, some coordination, uh, and, willingness to to sort of step out and do that so we really appreciate it um that's it's a special thing i mean we've clearly just sat here and you know talked about it for an hour and a half quite easily and we probably could continue uh just because it is it's such a it's a special thing for us we do get to kind of shirk responsibilities for the weekend and and have have a great time with it um you hit the nail on the head with the call to, Hey guys, put together a deer camp. You know, how many people do you, do you know that if you mentioned, Hey, you know what, on this specific weekend, just pick a weekend, you know, we're gonna have a deer camp at this place, show up if you want, you know, you might get three people, you might get 30, (laughs) you know, you might start something special. Uh, I think it's worth it. You know, not every weekend needs to be the weekend that you're going to go chase down that, you know, Pope and young buck that you've been watching on your cameras. You know, sometimes you need to have a weekend where you go cut it up and, you know, form a three amigo group or something. (laughs) (laughs) Have some fun. You know? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I want to say thank you to Adam, obviously for, for bringing us all together, a through the, the podcast. And then, uh, be allowing us to just do whatever we want to do up there. There was like no structure. There was no, you know, uh, dad didn't have an agenda for us to follow while we had fun on our vacation. We just kind of were allowed to be ourselves and, and have a good time. And then uh, definitely uh, your sister and Joe are two people that I definitely want to say thank you to. Uh, I don't know about you, Tim or Adam. I, I didn't have my phone on me. It was on the charger when we were you know, at, at lunch or, or, or at nighttime. And then, uh, you know, I was in the stand, I was trying to play video games. So I wasn't bouncing around and stuff, but like, other than that, I, I, I only took like seven or eight pictures the entire time we were there. And, uh, you know, Joe has started to slowly trickle in. And then I saw like Kyle's pictures that, uh, that Adam's sister had taken. And, and without those guys there, I feel like we'd have missed a lot of, uh, potential memory type things and and i just want to and i you know i I said it in the the polo and again i want to say it on this forum that that just um without the people there that are willing to be behind the the camera or you know step back from the the limelight and capture those moments the the buck pole breaking you know where it it would just be a story without the picture of adam ducking like he was in fallujah you know uh 
it just uh it was it was a lot of really special moments and and luckily a lot of those moments got captured on on camera because of of uh, you know joe following like i kept saying when he had me on the other night it felt like every 10 minutes i had a camera in my face and uh now that i'm sitting back home i'm like i'm kind of glad joe was there you know just doing that he took time out of his his schedule and, and his fun to uh to allow us to have memories yeah yeah and and that's one of the things and you know unfortunately you know unfortunately for joe like he he's done that uh, he, he does such a good job. If you guys aren't, um, following generations of hunt podcast, um, he's doing a really good job with, uh, you know, his content, his reels, um, you know, the podcast itself, but like what he's doing, his videography and, and like his photos and stuff are, are incredible. So I was like, Hey man. And he did it a little bit up at tack. Like he did it for us, like just followed us around, you know, videoed us shooting and made some pretty kick-ass reels and then um for the like the fall podcast and the latitude guys he shot with them and did some video there and i was like man if you could do that at the deer camp and he's like oh yeah certainly but like we got to find another guy so that joe can you know cut up and 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 be 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 more uh involved in it um but man he's so damn good it's just a matter of finding somebody else who's just that good. But yeah, definitely check out that. And yeah, thanks to them. My sister, she's uh, editing up the photos for, um, from, from the rest of us. And she's like, it's a little bit different than last year. So last year we were all around the fire. And so she got a bunch of fire pictures. And this year she was like, everybody was under the canopies. So when she came around with a camera, everybody like, kind of like stopped talking and having fun. Cause they were like, Oh, what's going on with the camera. So she had to be, a little bit more creative with those pictures of Kyle. Like, could you imagine if you had that for your first deer, like they shot with a bow, like the, that that's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Um, good luck with the rest of your season. Uh, Brad, just for funsies. Um, what's this project that you've got, uh, got going on that you've got so much pressure uh on your back here you know no pressure so, but you know uh, season's half over right, right? <laughs> yeah well i kind of i took care of a little bit of that tonight but uh so i decided at some point earlier this season that i was going to kill uh 10 deer with 10 different broadheads and with a lot of help from adam behind the scenes uh and a lot of corrections and uh you know, making me a little bit more uh, politically correct than uh, blunt, like I'd, I'd normally be. Um, I have, uh, I've got 10 heads. Well, right now I'm at eight. I'm still kind of working out the logistics on the last two. Um, but I have 10 total heads, so we don't have to worry about it. I'm, I'm going to kill uh, what I call the 10 up, 10 down challenge. So I have 10 broad heads, um, all 150 grains. Uh, there's a couple mechanical, uh, one mechanical right now. I'm waiting on the second one to get here. Um, some of them, or most of them fixed blade broadheads and then, uh, a couple single bevel type stuff, but, uh, reached out to 26 total companies and they, uh, I, I got some no's, some maybes and, uh, you know, eight for sure. Yeses and products showed up 
And uh, I am uh, four out of the eight in right now. I was hoping to get a couple while I was up in uh, in Michigan, but obviously that didn't quite pan out. Um, I'm doing my best to try and get it on film, but I am failing miserably this year. And that's just, I think a, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, you see all these broadhead companies or all these broadhead reviewers on Facebook and they, they shoot 47 layers of uh, styrofoam or, or cardboard or, you know, 17 steel barrels. And then they talk about how cool the heads look. Well, I decided I was going to shoot a bunch of deer and talk about what they did in real world situations. So, uh, you know, like tonight I was, uh, waiting on a, a frontal shot or a quartering two shot turned into a frontal shot off my knees. My camera's in my bag. You know, did I want it out? Of course I did. But, uh, you know, the, the doe did that little thing she does where she stomps her foot and wiggles her head around. And she did that two or three times. And when I realized she was about getting ready to take off, I decided to take the shot. And right about then she, dropped her head down and unfortunately or i guess fortunately i don't know how it works out I, I ended up with her and she didn't suffer too much so uh you know i took i got a headshot on a doe tonight so how do you tell a broadhead company like well i uh i did a great job but also i shot her in the head so um you know I, but i feel like that's that's super real and i feel like adam's uh you know his podcast has shown that uh we all kind of need to get back to that a little bit more than than fluffing everybody up we need to uh hunting's a very real situation and it's not all sunshine and rainbows and it's not all 180 inch deer that that drop in camera light uh sometimes it's last light and everything's dark and the only thing you can see is your lighted knock streaking across or your wife puts a, a drops her crossbow to the the bottom of the stand and all of a sudden there's a 100 inch bucket eight yards like uh so that's that's kind of what i'm trying to capture this year and I, I need to do a little bit better on on rolling with the film but uh right now i'm at four out of ten and i'm gonna continue to roll through with that and i'm gonna kill uh six more deer and hopefully once i've got those down maybe i'll look at uh reshooting a couple of those heads and, and trying to do them a little bit more justice but i did a uh short like testing phase where I, I shot them and, and did some other things. And those videos will start rolling out here shortly. As soon as I get five seconds to myself where I can think about editing. Um, but it's, it's going to be a good year. And uh, I really, again, to Adam, I can't thank you enough for helping me out and uh, getting me in the, the right direction for that kind of stuff. So if I wanted to watch these videos, where would I do that? Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to post them up on basically if you've got social media, uh, I, I got it. Uh, my, my handle is BDS outdoors. Uh, TikTok is like my main drive. I got the, the most following there. So I, I spend my, my, most of my time on there, but, um, the long videos will be up on YouTube. There'll be reels on Instagram, Facebook and, uh, go wild as well. So, uh, if you can find me on whichever one you have, BDS outdoors is, uh, what you looking for? All right. What do you got going on, Tim? Well, right now, my primary focus is getting my uh, my 13-year-old boy, Nolan, his first archery kill with his compound bow, rather. Um, my oldest boy, Ben, my youngest boy, Will, they both killed deer in the youth hunt. And uh, Nolan was waiting on a big one that didn't show up, passed a whole bunch of little ones. And since then, he's had four opportunities with his bow. and uh, we're just trying to get him to connect. So that's my main focus right now, trying to get him squared away and then 
and then it's going to be for me uh at least one trip to ohio this year and and uh i think he's going to come along with me i'll bring probably going to bring him along and and try to try to pull that off we've got uh a little bit of a question mark as to whether or not he's going to make it or not but um yeah that's pretty much it i'm i'm in full on just dad mode for hunting these days it's it's a whole different world you know like i got to go hunting by myself tonight because they had uh taekwondo and another lesson they had to be at so i got the evening to myself for a couple hours but usually when it's something i'm planning i've i've got to tag along so yep that's that's pretty much my my hunting season in a nutshell the way i'm expecting is we're gonna we're gonna have as much fun as we can and i've got one goal it's first is to get nolan his his deer and then i'll shoot at least one with my bow awesome well guys i really appreciate it and uh can't wait to have that next uh that next deer camp um so uh, again thank you guys so much